Well, hey, again, welcome back. We're, uh, we're going through the Bible today. I hope, guys, that you have been encouraged by even the worship that's happened this morning. Um, I love, you know, our team, they have anxiety whenever their, their team feels like they have less people. They're not, they're not going with the drums. And man, I just love their heart so much, the worship team here, because even with the, the band that they have, man, like they let us through such an amazing time of worship. So I think they're all about to come in. But either way, um, would, you, would you just like, that? they're so awesome, right? The worship team, so awesome. Just push, thank you. And their heart is not that they show off. Their heart is that they, they just lead people to Jesus. And man, today was, was awesome. Great job, guys. We're, we're talking through, uh, we're still in our series, Pitfalls. And now, hopefully, you guys have had some great practice on pitfalls in the lobby because we still have, I think, one more week to make Dover the number one high score. Uh, and I think we have, thank, thanks to Jeremy Gov, his son, and to Corey Valley, I think we're gonna win it. But Shane from Milton, he's our, he's our biggest competition. So either way, the whole point of pitfalls, the game, I'm terrible at it. I can't, this level right here, um, I can't get past with these alligators, which is like the first obstacle. So I can't get past it. Our top scores are at like 40,000, or I don't even know how high they're going. I end at 1,700 every time. I just, I can't get far at all. The whole point of the game is you have to get from point A to, to B. You have to get through it, and there are all these different obstacles in the way that you have to avoid. You're running through, and if you fall through, then the race is done. You're done working through it, and that's, that's kind of the whole point of the game. Uh, luckily, in this game, you get a couple times you get to fall through the, the black hole uh, and get to try again. Sometimes in life, it doesn't quite work out that way, and you really only have that one chance. But, so when we're talking through this series, Pitfalls, <clears throat> you, know, you think through, that's a very great analogy for most things that you want to strive for. You, you want to get yourself from point A to point B, and your goal is to get there without falling into any of the traps that lead along the way. So, so far, we've talked through marriage, we've talked through uh, dating, we've talked through mental health, and this one is really important to me, and I'm not sure if Pastor Nate always means to schedule me when I'm like, not yelling at the Christians, but yelling at the Christians. It feels like he always gives that to me, but I, honestly, I, I love preaching these messages <laughs> Um, not because I like to yell at people, but uh, this one is pitfall in Christianity. We're going to talk through, there, there's, a, there's a point A to point B that we're trying to go through, and there are all these pitfalls that lead to people not wanting to serve the Lord anymore, not able to serve the Lord anymore, uh, serving the Lord but not knowing him. All these different pitfalls that people can, can hit. And, and I think there's a, a bunch of different reasons why this message is important today and why it's relevant to you. So maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm not a Christian, or no, I've been a Christian for a long time, or I'm a brand new Christian, I'm just figuring it out, I'll, I'll figure it out. But to talk through this, we, we baptized 58 people last year, so we know, yeah, so we know we should teach this. We have a lot of people who are just deciding to follow Jesus. They should know this very well. If you've been a Christian for a while, I'm hoping that you can still listen, that you still listen because point A to point B, all right, point A is where we're at right now. Point B is, is perfection with Jesus. So you're not there yet. 
if you're here in this room. And so you need to listen to these things as well. These are things that can come early on in your faith or come uh, farther down the road for you. It could be something that you're trapped in so deep that you can't even see it. And I'm hoping today we can talk through that as well. And then if you aren't a Christian and you've come here today, chances are you've run into someone who claims to know Jesus and does not act that way at all. So my hope for you today is that you'd hear the heart behind these things and learn that man, we're, we're, we're human too and there are these, these pitfalls and these traps that even we can fall into and it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. We can't just play a God card and say, like, yeah, I judge people pretty harshly, but, but my God doesn't. And uh, that's just not a way that we can be. So if you're not a Christian, but you've run into those types of hypocrisy, like this is an important message for you as well. And ultimately, uh, I'm hoping that you would make a decision today to start running this race with us from point A to point B and avoiding these obstacles. Well, here at Restoration, we believe, we believe in the Bible, believe the, the Bible is, is God-inspired. You know, there are some people that like to heckle, you know, oh, Jesus came to earth, and he taught them all these things, but he never wanted to teach them how to boil water. He never wanted to teach them how to sanitize things. All he taught was this. Well, that's great, but we figured that part out, right? We figured out how to be more cleanly and to survive through those things. When you read through some of these letters that is, is God-inspired, you could read through it. You take out you know, change the language to make more sense. Instead of saying synagogues, you could say churches and, and you work through it. You would think this scripture is written right today for us. And it's, it's almost like the things that God wanted to teach us are, are the hardest things for us to get in our heads. And it's almost like, man, the church in Rome that was just getting started, uh, we, we have not gotten much farther than them in our theology and practice. We haven't grown to a point where this has ever become irrelevant to us. And so this scripture is written, you know, almost 2,000 years ago, and you read through it, and you're like, I can think of a couple people that, that would need to hear this. Also, if you're thinking that, stop and start asking God what he wants you to hear today as well. But that's something that I find inspiring, you know, you read, and I think we've seen it a couple other times, you read C.S. Lewis and you think, man, this feels like it was written for me. And, and he, he's, he's not even around anymore to go through it. He wrote it during world wars and, and all these things. And there's just some things that when God inserts himself into, they just last, they last through it. So this, we believe this Bible is the most important thing that you can read and, and be a part of. So we're going to be in Romans 12 today, if you want to get your, your Bibles there. If you don't have a Bible, there are a couple at the Welcome Center, and we'll restock them. You can, you can have those. If, you're, if you like a, a paper Bible to read through and write your notes in, you can do that. Um, if you've never had a Bible, you can also download one. If you go to your, your app store and look up like version um, or just Bible, I think it's going to be the top one. Um, and it's an amazing, amazing app. You can highlight, you can take notes. So I encourage you guys to work through this. As we've seen, this scripture, this reminder has been needed for 2,000 years. You're gonna need to turn to this again, all right? If, as long as you're, you're making this walk with us. So we're gonna be in Romans 12. And what Romans is, is a letter to a church. So Paul 
he has, uh, he's a missionary that's going and he's starting churches. He's finding leaders, he's raising them up, he's launching that church, he's leaving. He's finding leaders, he's raising them up, he's launching that church, he's leaving. He's going around and he's creating all these churches. And so when we get to scripture that's written by Paul, what we're seeing is a conversation between churches, between him and the church. So sometimes Paul will reference things uh, and this really, we're, we're not going to hit any of this scripture, but I, I figure if you're going to be reading through letters, you should know these things. Sometimes you're going to read things in, in the letters that you're like, no idea where that came from, why he's talking about that. It's because it's a conversation, and, and really, we're, we're playing the telephone game. We can't hear what they're saying, but we're hearing what Paul is talking to as well. So they will ask questions, they'll talk through things they're struggling with, and he'll write these letters to help the church. And so we still use these letters today. We read them out loud. We work through that scripture because we believe the things that he was teaching them are important to us as well. So as we're reading, it sounds very much like instructions for us because that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's written for the Church of Rome. Um, We're going to be them today, and we're going to take this scripture and, and work through it. So we'll stay in Romans 12 for most of it, and I have a couple other places. But Let's read Romans 12, verse 2, which actually is, is great. We, we talked through that in our worship set as well. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Pitfall one, the first pitfall that we uh, have that we're going to talk through is conforming. It's conforming. That's blending in. Compromising our beliefs to to be appropriate for whoever's around us. You know, this plays out when you think through things. You know, this looks like I'm the best Christian that I can be, or I'm the best Christian that my friends or my, my coworkers or my family will allow me to be. That would be conforming. So I, I know we're supposed to reach the lost and tell people about Jesus, but you know, I'm not really going to do that because my friends don't do that. So, you know, and which if they don't know Jesus, of course, they're not going to tell people about Jesus. But um, we see this early on. We see this from someone, this is hard, all right? We see this early on by someone who was with Jesus as he's performing miracles, as he's healing people, someone who was with him early on with Peter. Peter's following him, and, and Jesus even warns him, hey, uh, just so you know, you're, you're going to conform. You're going to deny me because there are people around that are against me. And he's been pre-warned, and he still says, no, absolutely not, I, I won't do that. And sure enough, as Jesus gets arrested and Peter, you know, all the disciples are kind of scattering and, and in these different areas, all of a sudden people start saying, wait a minute, I know you, you're that, you're that Jesus freak guy, right? You're like, you're obsessed with Jesus. And all of a sudden, because the pressure was on, he's, he thinks, uh, no, I've, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him in my life. And there's a lot of, a lot of different reasons. One, you know, Maybe he just felt, oh, there's just a couple people here. This could turn into something big. I'm just going to tell this to them. Like, no one will know. I'm just going to mention it a couple times, you know, because they're, they're close. And, and we might think the same thing. It's like, oh, well, my family knew me before I was a Christian. And now they keep saying, you know, I, I'm busy on the weekends and I, and I talk different. And, and so maybe I'll just start acting a little more like they're normal 
around them. And, and we begin, like, we compromise in small ways. And that's going to lead to something very big, like a follower of Jesus saying he never knew him ever. So this is something that, that is, it is hard. It is hard for us to work through. And, uh, you know, th- there's another, another thing that, that we like to talk through at church. Like, we like to um, change our, our method for how we, how we like to reach people, um, but we never, change, we never change the message. We never change the message of Jesus. So, um, okay, they didn't have lights quite like this. This helps people who have never been in church before feel like they're at something they recognize, and now we get to tell them about Jesus. But we will never conform the message of Jesus in our church services. We'll never back down from that. We'll always share that, and the method may change. So you think through, oh, you know, if I'm not out drinking with my friends, getting drunk with my friends, or, or sinning with my friends, who's going to tell them about Jesus? You know, not you, probably. Like, you're not going to if you fall through that. But that is another way that we see people conform and, and change and, and lower their beliefs. Uh, and that's something that we want to catch early on and, and pray through. Second pitfall we'll read through. This is found in Romans 12, 3 and 4. Uh, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Think about that. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special functions, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Second pitfall is this, and I think it's common, is conceit, a puffed up ego that Christians get because they know they have been changed and they, they, pers- they pursue transformation. They almost forget what it's like to not be a Christian and, and can all of a sudden start judging people and working through these things. Let me just say this to people that maybe they feel this way. Your relationship with Jesus will never make you better than anyone else. It just makes you better off than everyone else. Because Jesus is better than everything else, right? Think through that again. Your relationship with Jesus will never make you better than anyone else, just better off, because Jesus is better than everything else. How does this look in our lives? And I wish, I wish so badly I could tell you that I made up these scenarios, that I hadn't read these on Facebook, that I haven't heard these from people. I wish so badly that was true, but it's just not. When we see conceit, when we see people who think they're better than they really are, we hear things like, man, I'm so glad that I don't have those issues. That sin is a huge deal. Man, I wish those Christians would read the Bible like I do so they could know the truth, so they could know the deep truth that I know. Could sound like, thank God, My church knows the real way to worship. Or one that we've been seeing coming across in our culture quite a bit. So glad that I'm not a false teacher like this guy. You know what? I think I'll start a YouTube channel and start bashing every famous preacher that's ever existed because I know better than them. Which, by the way, 
is the most unbiblical approach you can have to false teachers in the church, and uh, it is never, it will never be condoned by God or the Holy Spirit. So that one, that one hits hard for us, and you know, me and Haley were talking through as we we're gearing up for this sermon. Uh, whenever we're gearing up towards this sermon, towards a sermon, we feel like a lot more things start getting played out, like revealed to us that we're seeing as we're getting closer to it. And that's one of the things we had seen, like this, this culture of Christians loving to hate on Christians publicly, thinking that's going to fix a problem. To me, that's conceit. You know, you look through, we're all, we're all different parts of the body. The, the, the eye is not better than the foot, just has a different function. The problem I think we're seeing is we have a whole lot of feet pretending they're, they're mouths. We have a whole lot of feet pretending they're a different body part, thinking like, this is how I'm going to do it, and then getting mad at other people. You need to understand the way that people reach Jesus, that changes. That, again, that falls in line with the method. The method will always change, but the message never does. And the way that people reach people for Jesus and the way people support ministry, it always looks different. And so we need to always be honest in our evaluation. If you just got saved and, and you think through, man, I'm called to preach, let's slow down and work through gaining some theology. Think through, like, what, what is the part, what is the function I'm supposed to have? Because I'm going to have the biggest kingdom impact when I'm functioning in the area that I'm meant to serve in. You may, you may be great as a, as a door greeter, but your calling could be somewhere else. And your, and, and your purpose could be somewhere else, and that's where you need to live uh, to, to spread the kingdom, to have, to have kingdom impact that lasts and lasts. You need to be honest with yourself. You know, don't fall into this. You, 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 the one thing I always want to talk through is, as far as people's methods and the way they go through is you are uniquely and perfectly designed to reach the people that you were uniquely and perfectly designed to reach. And so is everyone else as well. So you work through those different methods. If the, if the message of Jesus is the same, the method does, does not matter. The message is what matters. The third pitfall we'll talk through, uh, Romans 12, verse 9. This one's important for us as well. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You can see how these start to play together as well, these different pitfalls. This pitfall is counterfeiting, being, being, being fake, having, having a false love for people because that's what you're supposed to be doing. You think through like, for me, this isn't something you just like fake it till you make it because that's really dangerous for us. This is something we pray for. This is something we ask God to help us do. You work through loving the people that you, that you never could love before. It says in, in scripture, it talks through that when it's, when it's talking through like, uh, don't, don't, don't just love people who like you. That's easy. Everyone can do that. Be my people. Love people that are, are impossible to love. And I don't know about you, sometimes uh, I have a real easier time uh, loving on, on people who don't follow Jesus than people that do. Because sometimes I feel like they're just falling through the motions and working through different things. 
and never want to be fake. We want God to renew us and show us love. And, and we're going to talk through at the end of this some practical aspect to help you stay out of these pitfalls. We're just listing them all right now in case you're like, man, you're beating me up. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Are you going to get towards anything else? Um, yeah, yeah, we're going to go through it. But, but this one's really important in John 13, 35. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We've got to love each other, guys. We've got to love each other and care for one another. The main message that Jesus brought was love. So that's the main message that we need to live out as well. And we aren't called to force it. We're not called to force it. So start praying that God would help you to love like you've never loved before. The last pitfall we'll find in Romans 12, 21. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. The last pitfall is just giving up. It's just giving up. You know, it talks to in, in Hebrews 12, 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. If you, if you follow Jesus and you're at the end of the rope, let me encourage you, you can follow Jesus for the rest of your life, even if your father never did, even if your siblings stop, even if your, your coworkers stopped, if your, if your classmates stopped, you can do it. You can follow Jesus for the rest of your life. How? We strip off every weight that slows us down. And then you look at these pitfalls, strip off every weight, all the judgment that keeps you from becoming more like Jesus and less like the world, all the hate and ego that the enemy can create in you against your fellow believers. And honestly, I need this. I pray this often. All the shallow love that you have because you are still trying to figure out how to receive love yourself. That's a weight we need to take off. You can follow Jesus for the rest of your life, you can be made whole and you can spend the rest of eternity free from condemnation. So those are the pitfalls. I want to talk through how we, how do you stay out of them? And, and praying for this, this, this message and, and preparing what this message was going to be, uh, we regularly have on our calendar the first Sunday of the month for us to do communion. And so spending time praying like, God, what would you like communion to look like? And they're going to begin to pass that out for you right now. Um, what would you like communion to look like? And I just, I just felt, I just felt the Holy Spirit say like, communion is the answer. And not like, yeah, you know, take this medicine and you're, and you're all set. Like, it's not about taking communion. But what communion represents and why we're supposed to do it is the answer for us. This is something that Jesus did with his disciples. And it's, it's, it's one of the main things that he had asked us to continue to do. And I think there's some deep meaning behind it. But we have to first learn some symbolism uh, for what the symbolism means when we're taking communion. 
We don't believe, we do not believe at Restoration Church that when you drink this juice, it, it turns into the blood of Jesus on the way down. We don't think when you take the cracker, it turns into his flesh on the way down. We think, but it is symbolic and powerful. It is just as powerful to partake and be a part of. And maybe you've, you've never done communion before. Encourage, you know, you're invited to do it. You don't have to. You don't have to at all, but just wanted to talk through that. Let's sing for a minute while they continue passing them out and we'll get some and then we're gonna talk through this, all right? a little uh, a little out of order than we normally do it I want we're gonna talk about uh, the blood of Jesus first which is this juice that it's it's representing to stay out of these pitfalls for us to stay and run this race and continue to follow Jesus what the blood represents is forgiveness all right, ultimately, it's forgiveness. For most, this is the easier one. For most, for some people, it's, it's really hard for you to, to actually accept forgiveness. You feel like you still wanna earn forgiveness for yourself, but Jesus has forgiveness for you when you're at your worst and you cannot earn it, you cannot earn it. So when we take communion, when Jesus asks us, do this in remembrance of me, He's saying, hey, as often as you eat and drink, remember these things. Remember this forgiveness. Remember this, this forgiveness. And I think this is our key to remember this, to take communion regularly, to remember the forgiveness that Jesus has given us. This is the key to overcoming things like conceit and conforming. When you remember that you received forgiveness when you did not deserve it, all of a sudden now it's a whole lot easier to forgive people that don't deserve it from you. When you're continuously doing that, you keep, you keep the more, the more, you know, you, you think through like, who cares if I'm hated and judged by this world because I'm loved and forgiven from, by Jesus? Keeps you from the conforming, keeps you from, from having a puffed up ego. And to know, and Jesus is telling us to remember, because the more forgiveness that we take in, the more forgiveness we're able to give out. Have you ever heard the, the saying, like, you are what you eat? Like people talk through that. If you eat like a slob, you're probably going to be a slob. If you eat like a health nut, you're probably going to be a health nut. Like, you are what you eat. That's right, right? Like, that's, that's perfectly, that's perfect. You are the things you constantly take in. And so he's saying every time you eat or drink, 
you remember this forgiveness. So let's, let's, let me pray and then we'll receive this. And I want to encourage you, you can do this today if you've never done it before, all right? You can receive this forgiveness today if you've never done it before. Even if it's something you have never even taught, told anyone about, told God about, you can do this today. God already knows. He, he wants to forgive you. So let's pray and then we'll take this. God, thank you for your forgiveness, for your love. We pray that this wouldn't be the only time that we think through this, that we work through this, but we daily work through the forgiveness that you have for us, that we don't have to prove our worth. We don't have to prove anything to get your love, God. And that as freely as we can receive forgiveness, God, pray that you help us to extend forgiveness and love to everyone, to everyone who doesn't deserve it. Love you so much. In, in your name, Jesus, we pray and we thank you for this. Amen. You can take that. It's harder to open in the reverse order. This cracker today represents the bread, which will represent Jesus' body being for him. This represents who Jesus is, who Jesus was to us. I don't think it's a coincidence. Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life. And also, when he taught his disciples to pray, he taught them something really specific. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. To me, this is the hard part. I think we see a lot of Christians receive the blood of Jesus, receive the forgiveness that Jesus has, and they leave the bread on the table. They leave the bread on the table. He knew what we needed to follow him was to daily turn to him, to daily receive who he is. Again, you are what you eat, right? You are what you take in. And the more Jesus that you take in, the more like Jesus you become. The more Jesus you receive, the more Jesus you can be to other people. I think this is how we stay out of being counterfeit in our love. You can't be counterfeit when you're pursuing the heart of Jesus. You can't fake loving it when you remember the love that Jesus has for you. And we know Jesus was tempted just like us, worked through everything as we were, and never gave up. Never gave up. So as we continue to take in Jesus daily and remember who he is, the more Jesus that comes out of us and the more impossible it is for us to give up. Does that make sense? This doesn't look like you getting this cracker and, and doing it every morning. This looks like reading his word. This looks like praying to, to see how he works and how he functions. And I think it's no coincidence, daily bread. You need this daily. We need this daily. You know, Haley and I, we've even talked through needing to pursue this more, more 
urgently than we ever have before as a family in our home that we need daily Jesus in our lives. So that's what this symbolizes, all right? Let's pray together and then we'll, we'll take that. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for coming to earth, going through everything that we've been through, but doing it right. Giving us an example of who we need to be, of who we're called to be perfected and completed in your name. God, we just pray as we continue to, to take in more, to, to, to take in more of your son Jesus, that we, we would look more and more like him. Would you change us? Would you push us through? Would you work us through having a conviction that changes us and helping us to lean into Jesus enough to not run away when we start being told there are things we could do better and there are ways that we could be closer to you? Could you help us to stop getting so offended, to stop getting so offended when there are ways that we can be closer to you, God? We love you so much. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You can take that. I hope this encouraged you guys. I hope this hopefully made you feel enabled to do this, to run this race. We get from point A right here in this room to point B, perfected and completed in Jesus' name by doing these things, all right? Let's sing, and then, uh, and then I'll come back up and, and dismiss us and work through that. But let's stand to our feet, and let's worship. Let's not, not try and, and, and book our way out this morning. Let's worship together and believe in Jesus, all right? Come on. We're going to sing if you're calling. today to follow Jesus for the first time, or if you decided, I'm going to do this for real this time, if you want to rededicate, I just want to invite you to, to talk through that. You can fill out 
connection card and, and check that off. I'll reach out to you if you check that off, that you decide to follow Jesus or rededicate your life. And we can start to work through that. Or you can talk to me or, or my wife or the, the Welcome Center after service and walk, walk through that. But man, love you guys so much. And we'll see you next week, all right?